When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. I'm Matt. Oh no, wait, it's Scott. Oh, and I am going to be the host this week, I guess, because Matt and Brian are here. Well, I'm not alone talking into the ether, but Matt is insisting that since I last year was like, "Hey guys, let's do a best of 2018 horror episode." for the main feed that I have to take the reins this year. And that's where we're at. So I am going to be the moderator. We are going to talk about, mostly talk about uh, our favorite horror movies that that we that came out this year. It has to have a 2019 uh, release date. And um, I don't know how you guys, I, I don't know if it's gonna be top 10. I, I don't really, I didn't count. Um, do we want to talk about the ones that were overhyped and we didn't like first to kind of get the negativity out and then be all positive or you want to sprinkle it through? We can uh, sprinkle it through. Yeah, I'm let's sprinkle looking. it through. I'll, I'll say that for me, I'm going to skip most of the movies that I saw at Fantastic Fest. Yeah, since... those, you don't get to have those because <laughs> yeah, well, I am still I'll, mad. Yeah, I'll mention like one or two like that made, there's one of them that made my top 20 of the year. I'll mention that. But like beyond that, the rest of them, I don't even know when they're going to be made available and, and all different types of things like that. So, Oh, and one question. Are we, tr- are we aiming real hard for spoiler free? 
Uh, let's try our best. Yeah, okay. let's definitely be spoiler-free, because I know a lot of movies that Matt loved, I still haven't seen. Yeah. So. And you probably won't see in 2020 either. No, no, probably not. But there's still hope. There is you hope. You never know. <laughs> All right, Scott, so let's, how about you start us off? Oh shit. Okay. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to <coughs> throw it Sorry. all out the window um, at first. So I want to talk about a great double feature that I would love to do, and I may do. I may subject Megan to it sometime this winter. Um, Satanic Panic and Ready or Not. I feel like that's that would be an awesome, like not tight you know, three hours. Cause I don't even think both of those together are, you know, I don't think that each one is maybe like an hour and 20 minutes a piece, but they both are really well paced. They're really fun. They both have a very similar feeling to me. Um, I actually liked ready or not better than satanic panic yeah, by a little gonna, bit. I was gonna say ready or not broke my top 20 of the entire year. I, I absolutely loved ready or not so much. I thought it was so much fun. It was gory. It has what I think is one of the most iconic female survivor girls in a really really long time and what did you tell me when we were talking about it after i watched it? oh i desperately want that to be the next big cosplay i i think that that character the final shot of that movie looks so badass i haven't seen it uh i'm just saying we're still doing spoiler free (laughs) buddy don't worry we're still doing spoiler free but the way she looks at the end of that movie is like I want to see like 20 of those at the next convention I go to. Man, if if no one, you know what? I'm going to try and enlist at least one of our female cosplay friends that will be at Monster Mania in Cherry Hill in March and say, I will help you put this together if you want because I just want someone to do it because it's so fucking cool. Anyway, yeah, so I, I, I love that would be my cosplay. <laughs> I mean, you, t- don't let your dreams be dreams, bro. <laughs> True. You'll have to shave your chest, though. No, never. Deals off. <laughs> <laughs> As a man who has shaved his chest more than one time in his life, even like bicked it, um, it's not fun. No. To, no. It's not fun to do, and it's even worse to have it grow back out. Like, I just had my chest piece finished, and the tattooing doesn't itch nearly as bad or like the, the healing of the tattoo doesn't itch nearly as bad as the hair growing out. Yeah. I shaved a mustache into my chest and that was an itchy <laughs> grow guy. Wait, a, like did you shave the mustache out of your chest or you shaved your entire chest and left the mustache? I shaved my entire chest and left the mustache. Oh my God. Yeah. I, you nice. know, Brian, if I didn't love you, I would hate you. I know on paper. I suck. I know. <laughs> But you're yeah, so in person too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, Megan likes you, so uh, that's something. That's that got to count for something. Yeah, it's got to count for something. How long did Megan meet him? For like <laughs> an hour and a half. I don't know. I mean, just saying. <laughs> hey, Megan, no. if you're listening, I like sauce on my spaghetti. <laughs> you liar you're a liar and you know it man don't i'm gonna tell her not to listen to this episode because you don't want to go back to being on a shit list all right <laughs> me now megan's both of me. you motherfuckers megan's great everyone knows that yeah mm-hmm. people megan, loved oh yeah loved i was about to say yeah. yeah and i was like babe you have such a sexy voice you have to have a podcast <laughs> i know preferably, a producer yeah i was about to say preferably just be on our show to, make, to bring some sexiness to our pudgy asses <laughs> hey man 
that wisdom teeth liquid diet made me lose like 15 pounds. I'm finally looking sexy and skinny. <laughs> oh, man. Getting ready for the new year. Mm-hmm. Anorexia. Here we come. Yeah. All right. Um, Matt, go ahead. Uh, so let's see. Do you want to talk about your Fantastic Fest stuff and get it out of the no, way? No, the, the, I mean, I already deleted them off my list. The only one that the, the big one that cracked my top 20, it's and I've mentioned it already once before on the show. I've mentioned it a couple times on the show uh, after midnight. Is I just, cannot wait to see it. Yeah, like I, I know that Scott and I have had like mixed opinions on how we felt about the battery, but it is such a step up in every way, shape, and form from that film. Which, whether you love or hate the battery, the battery is an impressive movie on what you can do with a very small budget. Right. And and After Midnight really takes all of the things that they learned on how to shoot something without showing anything and just pushes it to like the next level of like okay no more zombies let's bring in a fucking monster and it just is so good it's so funny um invented the grossest shot that i've ever seen uh <laughs> i guess i can talk because people have been talking about that a little bit uh so you know we did our crybaby episode recently we we're talking about guzzling tears and how <laughs> gross that is um there's a sequence in in after midnight where they're sitting at a bar and the dude's completely out of money and he goes, come on, give me the free shot. I'll take the free shot. And she goes, you really want the gorilla fart? And he's like, yeah, man, give me the gorilla fart. I'm desperate. And the gorilla fart is that they take the the rubber like thing that they put shots on and pour oh, all of the no! spill over into a shot glass. And he has a shot of that instead. No, that's awful. As as oh. a as a one time bartender, that is the most horrid thing I can yeah. imagine. Yeah, so I mean that, but that was the thing that everyone was talking about with that. But when the Q and A happened, they're like, "So did you really?" Like, of course he uh, didn't. Yeah. Uh, well, no, he did. It was one of the hosts of our last podcast on the left that did it. So. Oh well, um, yeah, that would explain it. Yeah, was but it Henry no. Zabrowski? I feel like it yep, was Henry Zabrowski. Yeah, it was Henry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. So after midnight, whenever that becomes available, definitely see it. It's. I it's am waiting with bated breath. I cannot. It's uh, it's one of the movies that I'm like every once in a while we do a movie that's brand new and we just put a bunch of spoilers up front and say like hey we really think oh, you should see uh, this movie spoiler alerts up front yeah yeah like we'll be like hey there's gonna be spoilers all over this don't listen to this episode until you see the movie I feel like after midnight is the big one for me where I'm like we need to do an episode when it's readily available um but all right that that's the one I'll cover from from Fantastic Fest Brian you want to hit us with one um yeah what are we just doing the ones that we loved. Well, just whatever. just whatever you want. I'm saving my my top three for the very end. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna do, and we're just doing one at a time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I did two. Yeah, I'm, that's true. I'm gonna do one of the ones that I was highly, highly let down with, um, which was Brightburn. Dude, same. Brightburn was the most disappointed I've been in a James Gunn production in I don't know how long. Yeah, it just didn't. There was no story arc. There was just it was just no joy. I I had no. I have no desire to see it because I already know exactly what that movie is going to do. Yeah, well, I think my my problem is, and I've noticed this with the difference between James Gunn directed versus James Gunn um, produced, produced, is like every James Gunn directed movie I have found very fun and lighthearted and goofy. And every produced movie of his is just so nihilistic and bleak. And like Brightburn is without a doubt the most just bleak, negative, nihilistic movie I've ever seen. Yeah. I actually, I saw it the weekend of Pop, Rock and Horror. 
And oh yeah, that's right. (laughs) There's a small, there's a small little theater in Gettysburg that was like a five minute drive. And I had gotten to pop rock and horror Thursday uh, to set up the table. And then I had nothing to do. So I drove to the movie theater and it was a completely empty theater. And Brightburn is like maybe an 80 minute movie. Oh really? And And I'm like sitting in the theater and I'm just like, I am not enjoying this. And it got to the point where I was so not into it. And the fact that there was no one else in the movie theater that I just turned back on my phone and read the Wikipedia summary of the movie. (laughs) So I could figure out how much more time was left for me to deal with. And I was like, all right, it looks like I got like five more minutes left. I'll just sit and do (laughs) like, like I have never done that before. I was so just ready for it to be over. Yeah. Big yawn fest. Yeah. Yeah, and on the heels of that, I want to talk about a couple. Just I'm going to just knock a couple out that were overhyped. Bliss, which also stars one of the guys from The Battery, and he probably is also in After Midnight. Yeah, he's in After Midnight as well. Jeremy Gardner or whatever? Uh, Maybe. I think that's his name. Yeah, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, whatever his last name is. Jeremy G. Um, I was watching it, and first of all, it made me feel physically ill because – I don't like drug movies, but I thought that the fucking payoff would be worth it. And it wasn't. I mean, the last shot of it, neither of you guys, Matt, you saw it? No, I, I didn't really have an interest. I So I just, fuck man. Like I, I just thought that it was so overhyped and I, I didn't think that it was visually very attractive. I thought the pacing was really annoying. The editing was super annoying. It's one of those movies where the main character is super unlikable and that's their there's no character arc they just she becomes a fucking vampire like it's everybody knows what bliss is about already but um just it sucked it, I really was super disappointed that I wasted three dollars renting that and you know 70 minutes of a 90 minute movie um but <laughs> I also really uh didn't like braid. And I, I skipped through that movie me, a lot. Dude, me neither. And that like was like number one on so many lists. That's why I uh-huh. watched it. It was yeah. like the best horror movies of 2019. And I was like, me and Jade watched it. And we're like, this is just bad. When it got to the twists, there were like three big twists in my opinion. And um, when they got to them, first of all, I could see them coming a mile away. And second of all, I was just annoyed by them because I thought that they were presented in a really and the pacing was god awful but the thing that really frustrated me the most about braid is the fact that the woman who was in cam and she's in um handmaid's tale and um i can't remember um, melon uh madeline brewer madeline brewer yeah madeline brewer she is so good she's an amazing actress i i absolutely love her but i feel like the direction that she took for for braid was not up to snuff because she was like she annoyed me which is so odd because i know that she's better than that but anyway braid was super super frustrating and then the last one that i want to talk about that i did not enjoy that was hyped up by another podcast that we're named nameless was wounds on hulu didn't say it um don't i it was on a couple lists and i was like that sounds like it's stupid it's like a possessed phone basically and they 
the, the, this other podcast was talking highly about it. And I was like, well, I've got the morning before we record this episode. I, I can waste 80 minutes on that. And the pacing was ridiculous. It was so slow. Nothing fucking happens. Their, their, their CGI is god awful. And the, the worst, the most egregious part about it is that the concept is fucking great. It's talking about the, it's called the translation of wounds, which is like a Gnostic um, thing. Like you could use wounds as a portal to the other world and speak to other beings. Sweet fucking idea. The worst, I think it's the worst horror movie I saw this year just because it took such a great concept and shat on it. <laughs> I was just like, and the acting was bad and Zazie Beats was in it looking hot. <laughs> acting like shit so it's basically like the splice of 2019 or slice of 2019 because it wasn't zazie beats and slice I last think year so, yeah that let brian me, loved let, it let <laughs> me cover um to to piggyback off of this uh i won't talk about the worst ones i've seen because the some of the ones that were bad that i saw i kind of expected them to be bad well i guess what I'll, i mean is movies that were hyped that were bad that's what i'm yeah that's, and that's what i'm that's what i'm going to go with a little bit here um i i felt nothing about depraved it, it was fine. It I didn't even like, bother. Yeah, it wasn't groundbreaking. It was fine. I liked it, but it like didn't really resonate with me the way that it did with a lot of other people. And like, there couldn't have been a movie more made for me than Crawl, and I just could not care less when I was watching it. I was so bored by it. Really? Um, just a bunch of CGI alligators really didn't do it for me. I, I just felt like it just kept going, and I wanted it to be over. Um, but those were the two that really, like, I went in ready to have a semi good time and was just kind of like, like mediocrity is kind of the the worst for me. Like, well, that's, I, if you if a horror movie doesn't make you feel anything, then why did it, it even get made? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I'll knock those two out. All right, Brian, what, you you uh you you change the path for us. What's the next direction you want to take this conversation? Oh, um, so I'm gonna leave us out of it because I want to like us. Um, Same. But yeah. I just I didn't like it as much. But so so since we did overhyped, I am going to call this segment "Everyone Hate It," but I thoroughly enjoyed, and uh, that is Velvet Buzzsaw. Um, not gonna I, get I, on. A, I didn't watch it because yeah. it got such bad reviews. But like the concept sounds like it's so funny. Like the part where there's a dead body in the art studio mm-hmm. or the art gallery, and people think it's just an art installation for days. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Like it was just so entertaining and Jade hated it. And I was like, this is awesome. And like, I I can watch, like there's a lot of people that I can watch in a bad, whether a movie's good or bad. And I don't think Velvet Buzzsaw is good, but it's like, even if the movie's bad, how do you not enjoy just watching Jake Gyllenhaal? Like I can always yeah. just watch Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my topic right now is underrated of 2019. Okay. okay. I've got two of those. Actually, I might have three of those. Scott, Scott, what do you got going over there? Uh, underrated? Yeah. Uh, um, uh, I would say uh, there are two. Okay. Um, I would say Child's Play is underrated because so many mm. people kind of passed over it th- because it wasn't um, – because it was a reboot, but I thought it was, yeah. I thought it was very good. I mean, Mark Hamill. I think it's one of the better reboots. I would yeah. say it's probably in my top five horror remakes of all time, honestly. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I would go that far. I would want to rewatch it, but I just loved the fact that, okay, it's a killer robot, but 
it's also a really you feel uh, it's like an empathetic character yeah it's no you feel weird. for him mm-hmm. yeah. robot mm-hmm. what's what's the other one um uh shit where would it go uh sweetheart okay didn't say it uh so sweetheart is a movie that jcho didn't like and yeah. um i really enjoyed it for what it was it's basically cast away with a killer water monster uh and it doesn't sound like something i would like on paper at all but i thought that the pacing was a lot better than it it should have been like i thought that it was going to drag ass and it didn't pacing is like 2019 for me is the the year that i think that i've really started to have more of a critical eye on pacing because i've always watched movies and taken this like emotional piece away like how did that make me feel and now i'm trying to like break it down technically and say okay why did i like this movie when i didn't need to or why didn't i like this movie when it has cool concepts and i think pacing is so important for me because i don't have time to watch a slow burn very often Although yeah. my favorite movie of the year was a slow burn, so we'll get there. But yeah, and I think that there's something to be said with for me it's just like we we keep getting more and more of these like two and a half, three hour long movies, and that's fine. But if you're gonna make a movie that's two and a half, three hours long, you need to make every second of that film count to me. Do you want to um, talk about it chapter two? Uh yeah, there's a little bit of a pacing issue with it chapter two, isn't it? A little there? three <laughs> three fucking hours. Watching that movie at home was a slog. It took me two days. Yeah, you guys, you should see the fights I'm getting in with Jade because of it, too. What, that uh, she liked it? We haven't seen it yet. But oh, I, I already don't, know. Don't bother. I'll see it, and I'll even pay $3 to see it. The issue right now is whether it's good or bad is it's only available for buy. And yeah. her argument is we would pay that much to go see it together in the theater. And it's like, yeah, but we didn't. And now I know what it's hitting for. So I'm not going to pay $20. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't yeah, bother. I, I didn't hate it as much as a lot of, like some people hated it. I, I think that there's things that I liked about it. I think the performances are good. There's like, there's comedic beats that hit. There's scary parts that hit. It's just, it could have lost an hour and been effective in all of the same ways that it was effective. Yeah. Do you, and I, that's the do you, do you love how much... I, I, for me, Eddie was the standout character oh, in that. In the, the adult Eddie, Eddie was, was so good. Adult, adult Eddie was great. Um, and, you know, we're clearly being spoiler free, but I think that the under the bleachers scene is one of the most tense moments I've had watching a horror movie. Obviously, that was seeing it opening night in theaters, which is a different experience than, I don't know, watching it on the couch in the middle of the afternoon. But, yeah. I mean, that scene was very, to me, I was just like, I know that this isn't going to end well, and it makes me really upset. Because yeah. they did a great job of making a very sympathetic character very quickly. Yeah, yeah, um, and and I did tell Matt this, and so for the listeners who did see it, Chapter Two, there is one. So that, for that movie being so bloated, um, there weren't very many visually stunning scenes. Like if you have three hours of material, I would hope that you would have a couple of shots that are just gorgeous. And there was really only one for me, and it was when. Um, Jessica Chastain, well, uh, Bev and Ben are reaching out between in to each other from their own personal nightmares scenarios, um, and then they they lock hands, and and I loved that. It was just very, 
it was really pretty. And I feel like if you have a three hour movie, have more of that. Yeah. There's and there's cool there's cool concepts that are examined. Sure. I liked I liked the idea that they kind of mementoed us in the sense of they're remembering things that they didn't show us in the first movie, so we're oh, discovering yeah. the pieces along with them. Like stuff like that was really, really cool, but you could have done it all in two hours and not lost the Man, audiences yeah. quickly. Yeah. Uh, so for me, the ones that I feel like I've been hearing people really tr- not trash, but just kind of clearly weren't like as floored by as I was. Um, and we talked about it when we did the in theaters now for it, but uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. I still think rewatching it was a very good, fun movie. And I don't understand how many people are like just all up in arms about it, not being really? what they wanted it to be. Yeah. I, that's top five for me. I'm going to say it right here. It's definitely yeah. top five. I don't even and need then, to say why it's just phenomenal. Yeah. And then the other one for me that I think is is great, um, but it's it's cheesy. And but I thought Happy Death Day to you was a blast. Yeah, yep. and, I loved and that was it. Another one that people were just very like, oh no, they lost they lost the story. And I'm like, I think that they improved upon the story. I think that it it's makes even so more much ridiculous. sense. It, it, yeah, that's you have to lean into a ridiculous concept. Yeah, and they and they dove head first into it, which and, I love. And I don't get it. That's the biggest thing I don't get. I could get if uh, Happy Death Day was like a very serious horror movie, and then Happy Death Day to You was what it was, and people were like annoyed at the slapstick of the horror. But the first one was the same tone as yeah, the second it's, one. It's the exact same tone, and I will say in that same vein of like, what did you go in expecting? Like Ma. Is so much fun if you're going into it knowing what it is. I you didn't I mean? not like, like Ma. Oh, I loved Ma. I I think it's all because her performance is just so <laughs> absurd, and it's like getting someone of that caliber to play <laughs> such a weird character. I was just charmed the whole time watching it. Yeah, there's only there was one scene that I thought was done really well in Ma that would be a, a spoiler, and it'd be a big spoiler because it was the only scene that I thought was good. I thought the acting yeah. was good. I just I don't know. I just. I don't I, even when I try to go into things with such low expectations, I think as soon as it comes out of my bank account, my expectations change. And so far, everything I've paid for this year has been a letdown in the prime world. Not I was going to say, with that, with that in mind, then, Brian, I sent you a digital, a free digital code for escape room. How did you feel about that? It was dumb. We well, sent it, like, it to him, but not me. <laughs> yeah. Was, well, you only can use it once. Yeah. He, okay. He was like, Jade and I want to watch Escape Room. And I was like, well, I just bought it. Here's the digital code. Yeah. Um, but that's so different. Like, I still haven't yeah. seen um, Truth or oh, Dare, but sorry, I know what I'm expecting. boring you. Yeah. yeah. I, thank you. Oh, I, listen, <laughs> I can promise you that Escape Room is a thousand times better than Truth or Dare. Yeah. But I like, mean, it was entertaining. I was on my phone ex- most of the time. Yeah. You know, Escape like, Room's just, it's, it's, it's puzzles. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, like, it's like, hey, I like puzzles. Sure. <laughs> it's like a comedy version of fucking cube like yeah. it's but yeah i had escape room was fine i mean it's it's like not it's not exactly high on my list it's it's in the it's had of the 110 movies i saw this year i ranked it at 79 so it's not exactly oh, breaking 110 records here 10 movies good <laughs> Dude, god man you are forgetting the fact that and those are just the 2019 movies that yeah. you watched yeah. this year. Yeah, not including what we watch for the show or movies that I watch for enjoyment or the marathon of Christmas films that I've been doing this month. Yeah, Jesus, yeah, But got to keep in mind that Matt did have or probably still has that movie pass. I have two. I have the Regal and the AMC one. So oh I got to get I got to get thirty five dollars worth of movies each month, Jeez. which is still like three movies. But yeah. Like, um, 
but yeah, so, let's so see, Brian, yeah, I, I have two really things. Cool. I have t- I have two topics. I just want to make sure we can do this on the, on the right track and see uh, how you guys feel about it. But I have uh, a movie that you haven't heard of. Um, that's the topic. And then a movie that I watched uh, for someone else with someone else that I had no intention of liking, uh, but it actually turned out to be very good. And then my top five. All right, let's 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 start. I with hope the first that you one. can remember what those were because, like, I've, I'm going to forget. Okay, so the first one is movies you haven't heard of, right? Movie you haven't heard of. I brought it up Wait, on the show. A movie that you, a movie that that was not marketed that I don't think anyone heard of, right? Oh, okay. Um, and I think that I'm going to say Skin, which I talked about on the show. That's the one that takes place mm-hmm. in Ohio about the kid that was raised in the white supremacist movement. Um, oh, and then is that a horror movie thing. though? No, no, it's just a movie. Um, <laughs> well, we're not do we're buddy. Yeah. It's right. night. I just said a bunch of things that weren't horror, didn't I? <laughs> not really. No? What is uh, what? <sighs> oh, well, so then I don't I have a top five. So, so for that same topic, you don't have Brian, to have a top five. Yeah, he's just so for that same topic that you're talking about, Brian, I will say that for me, one that I feel like does not get talked about nearly enough. And we we rode pretty hard for this is uh, Mercy Black. On it's Netflix. on my list. Yeah, that was, was good. It's still a really fun movie. I mean, it's not it's not something that I would revisit very often, but I really loved the concept. And like Matt said, when we discussed it, it's the Slender Man movie we should have had. Yeah, 100 percent, because the Slender Man that we got was bad um uh so do we want to do we want i was gonna say do well, we i was gonna some you. of the really bad ones well like because i can so, just rattle off the 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 bottom four of my year are all horror movies okay well that's not what i want to do i want to say yeah. one of my top three right now that really no one heard about okay it's called the headhunter mm, nice and it's showing up on some lists now and i think it just got i rented it on prime and then I think it either got picked up on Shutter or it's on Prime for free. If you you know, like it's, it's like I rented it on Amazon, and I think it's on Prime for free now. Uh, and it is amazing. And I, it's a two person. Or there are two actors in it. That's it. There are five production people on it. That's it. So the guy that wrote, directed, and edited did the special effects. It's all one guy. They had like a gaffer, a sound guy, and two helpers or some shit. They did it for what? $50,000? Over the course of three weeks, I want to say, in Portugal. Um, And the conceit of the film is, or the concept of the film, is this guy, this unnamed medieval uh, Viking-type character is a monster hunter and he gets called to by this unseen probably a king in a castle to go and hunt a new monster regularly and every time he does he brings the head back and puts it on a pike on his a spike on his wall and he gets paid but he doesn't care like he had i love this world building where he opens up he just throws the money the gold coins in that he gets at the beginning from killing this new monster and it's just like he has a vast fortune, but he's just killing monsters because his daughter was murdered by a monster and it got away. And so it's basically like he has nothing to live for. But um, the monster that did kill his daughter comes back and that's like his 
he's that's the 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 battle the big battle um phenomenal film it's kind of a slow burn but it's also something like 70 minutes it's really short um and it's it doesn't it does exactly what it needs to do and it is definitely top three for me this year so so i had not heard about this until they talked about it on a another podcast's list and Mm -hmm. the thing that really grabbed my attention the most is that the director uh his previous films were the thanks killing movies. Yep. <laughs> and this was like him trying to like change the script a little bit and, and be seen as more of like a dude who knows how to make a movie on a budget and less of like a guy who just makes a shitty puppet movie. Um, so I'm really interested in seeing that because I remember one of my favorite things about him as a person was that if, when thanks killing first came out, if you went to the website, the only things on the website was a buy this DVD option the trailer and a section called how to get your movie into stores. And it was him breaking down step-by-step what he did to get thanks killing available and like best buys and stuff like that. And like, this is exactly how you do it. This is how much it costs. These are the links to click because he just wanted to share the knowledge that he had about how to get a low budget movie out there. Uh, so That's it's like, awesome. yeah, like I, I am all about anybody who's met me at a convention is that I am all about sharing the wealth, not hoarding knowledge. So like that was a huge thing for me was seeing someone out there who managed to get their like, you know, like thanks killing looks like it was made for like 50 bucks. <laughs> it is like his $50 movie in Best Buys and Blockbusters and shit where it actually could get his name out there and not just being like, ooh this is my little secret that I'm keeping to myself and being like, hey, there's plenty of room in the sandbox for all of us. Mm-hmm. Like, here's how to do it. Um uh, do you have another one, Scott, or is it my turn? That, to jump no, you, you were going to talk about stuff that you really disliked, I guess. Although, yeah, so these, like, I'm, I'm just going to run them down real quick. Yeah. Uh, the the ones that like really just didn't do it for me this year, um, and none of these will be shocks at all. I, I just tried to go see every horror film that came out yeah. in theaters this year. Uh, Countdown was not great, um, minus one character who deserves their own movie uh 47 meters down uncaged was uh worse than the original which is impressive uh (laughs) the the prodigy was really really bad that was the first horror film of the year um greta was close was the worst theatrical released horror film of the year for me uh and then uh and unfortunately i actually you know may have done an interview for this last one but the my least favorite movie of the year was recovery uh was just a really not great movie um, but that is uh, my bottom ones, so I just wanted to get those out of the way. And got a couple more, just kind of straggling in here. Yeah, I, I, I want to mention a couple that I have that I've recently watched. Or I mean, they're they're just fun, bloody little movies. Mm-hmm. Um, the Banana Splits movie, which I really was hyped for. Um, it it was fun. But I feel like it lost steam. Okay. So I, I I am glad that I spent the, you know, six bucks or whatever to rent it. But I'm glad I didn't spend the 20 to buy it. But we do need more horror movies that are like a crazy concept like yeah, that. Give me the Sigmund the Sea Monster movie. <laughs> I don't mean completely the same concept. I just mean <laughs> let's take a wild concept and run with it, you know, and, and make a gory-ass horror movie. And the other one... Um, that I liked but didn't love. I, I thought it was a little too um, young for me, but it's also 
not really like a young movie. It's not like a teenager movie, but it felt like the characters were written by a teenager. Girl on the Third Floor okay. with uh, CM Punk in it. Okay. And it's a haunted house story, and it's basically like a Stir of Echoes kind of concept, which okay. Stir of Echoes did it much better. I love Stir of Echoes, but... Yeah, they were they were nice, gory little flicks that were worth seeing once, but um, not something I'd really go back to. All right, sounds good. Um, I have I have more. I don't know, Brian. Do you have stuff that you? Well, my list is fucked. Um, so I only <laughs> have two horror movies uh, to even bring up that you that, liked this year. Uh, that are so out of my top five movies of this year, only two are horror. But like we never said, let's make a top five list it's it's fine Let's i feel like about it. i feel I, like last year we we i could be wrong though because a year is a long time and my life yeah years crumbled this yeah. year uh but i thought <laughs> last year we did was just like hey we're just gonna do our top 10 movies doesn't have to be hard well, let's 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 mention because there are two movies that came out that were kind of oh actually there were three movies that came out that were big movies that we did not do in theaters nows on for different reasons um did uh, was I the only one that saw Pet Cemetery? No, I saw it too. I didn't see it. I have what no did you desire. think of it, Brian? I mean, I thought that it was. I thought that it was a fine movie. I don't like. I think that uh, a lot of people saying that it's a disgrace to the original or not as good as the original haven't seen the original since they were nine. Yeah, uh, because the, the original is <laughs> not that great. Either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 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 as good as the original yeah. to me, which is that it's not very good. Yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't terrible, um, but you know, I just could have done. Yeah, and like people, the big thing that I liked was giving the making the child a little bit older so they could actually talk about the feeling of being dead because that was the most compelling and chilling moments of those movie of that movie. But like beyond that, I, I mean, I'll say it. The best, the best Pet Cemetery movie is Pet Cemetery Two with Edward Furlong. Uh, it's so, it's so outrageous and goofy that it's the most enjoyable to watch. I and I and I like the bait and switch that they did a few times from the original. Um, yeah, I like those. But yeah, I mean, here's the thing: there's certain things that they didn't need to do from the original. I could have done without the whole the whole mother backstory. Um, yeah. I don't think it played as an important role as people are making it out to be. Um, so yeah, that was all right. What was your next one? Uh, I know you and I were split on this and Scott didn't see it, but three from hell, three from hell, man. Listen, I got yelled at by my best friend this week, so I'm not going to talk on three from hell. Uh, I was, I was <laughs> defending, I was defending, uh, the Irishman, which is not a horror movie. And I was saying how great it was. And he says, Brian, when you decide that you love any musician or movie director, they can do no wrong in your eyes. And I said, okay, fair enough. Then I'll stay out of it. Although I didn't love, uh, I didn't love, what's it called? Salem. Lords of Salem? Lords of Salem. I liked Lords of Salem. Didn't love it. Yeah, that, that was, uh, I will say that Three from Hell, um, Three from Hell, when I first started watching it, I thought that this was incredible. And then they changed uh, the tone of the movie and I got really bummed. Because the first like 10 minutes of the movie is shot like an old document like true crime documentary about what happened after the events of devil's rejects and in my brain i would have loved for the movie to have just stayed that like if it was just a full true crime documentary style movie covering what happened i would have been so much more invested because as soon as it broke off into like regular narrative i lost all interest um but how did they even get over the fact that they got 
turn into fucking Swiss cheese. Uh, they uh, they made a joke about it. They didn't. It. Yeah, they they made some jokes about it and called it a day. Um, and then uh, I'm sure this is on almost all of our top lists, but uh, Midsummer. Midsummer was phenomenal. Midsummer I, you know, was phenomenal. I, I thought it was a great movie. Um, it's not even in my top five uh, it, it, because I don't think it's a horror movie. It's my yeah, number. It was in my top. It was in my top twenty-five. It's my number two. Of well, of course it is because you loved Hereditary, but I mean, yeah. Hereditary. And once you was... that you like a director, you. <laughs> yeah, Ari Aster can take a shit, and you'd be like, "This is incredible." Well, well Rob Zombie's no, he... different because you really—he's the toughest thing for anyone that is really, and this is a broad thing for me to say, but anyone that is genuinely middle of the road when it comes to him, it's tough to get a good take on a Rob Zombie movie because for the most part, there's people that are like me that are like, no matter what, fuck yeah, Rob Zombie. And then there's people on the other end of the spectrum that are like, no matter what, like, fuck Rob Zombie. You know? But yeah, you know who's more obnoxious? Who? The fuck yeah, Rob Zombie. Because yeah. <laughs> they are like, they're, okay, so <clears throat> let's just make this a reference because, you know, Rob Zombie's vegan, obviously. I'm vegan as well. And um, the Rob Zombie fans are the Morrisseys. <laughs> <laughs> the what? The Rob Zombie fans are like the Morrisseys of the vegan culture. No, no, no. I wasn't going to talk about vegans versus <laughs> vegans. I was talking, I was going to say people that are omnivores that are like, you know how to tell if someone's vegan? You don't. They'll tell you. The loud assholes who make fun of vegans are the Rob Zombie fans. They have to be like, you know who's fucking, you know who's fucking awesome Rob Zombie? You know who fucking sucks? People that don't like Rob Zombie. And yeah. then I'm, I'm over here just living my life like, you know, he's made a lot of mediocre movies and music. Yeah. I don't it's really like care. It's like how I feel about we're... people who hate Juggalos. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean. I'm like, we're not bothering you. <laughs> like... We, we. First of all, Juggalos are bothering everyone. I don't know what you're talking about. Have you, you know what the worst part about Juggalos are is the fact that, that Fago had to go to a different kind of sugar in their fucking soft drinks because they had to make it so that it wasn't so sticky when they would have ICP shows. Yeah. See. <laughs> um, side note, Scott, I don't know if you saw this, but I made a reference to a juggalo in our family text message group chat. Why would I see my, that? I am not in your family text I, message I group. I posted it. I posted it online, oh. but I, I, uh, my mom goes, what's a juggalo? To which my brother just responds with the lyrics to what is a juggalo by its <laughs> A weird ass family, man. We really do. We and really do. Two leaders do. stuck up his butt crack. Um, <laughs> all right. So I do want to do one quick shout out. Not technically a horror movie, but horror adjacent. Shout out to the unofficial fourth member of this podcast and their documentary Survival of the Film Freak. Hell yeah. This year as Kyle. Well. Uh, I haven't had Kyle, Kyle in my life in, in way too long. Dude, I am so excited that I'll get to see Kyle a bunch in 2020. So. I will not. Sorry, well, Kyle. It's, it's, that's your own fault. That's Yeah, you had to get married. No, <laughs> it's not even that. We said that we would pay for him to come to some conventions. He's like, nah, I don't want to go. I don't like people. <laughs> that is a Brian. What? <laughs> I'm sorry, There's what? two Brian's on this call. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's talk about our top our top stuff and wrap wait, this up a bit. Wait, I have just a few that I want to give honorable mention to. Okay. The Perfection. Okay. Which we talked about on the show. Um, not an episode, but we talked about it back in like April when it came out. Uh, good. I wouldn't revisit the Field Guide to Evil, which I just recently saw and talked about just maybe like a month and a half ago. Um, 
and then um, Necrotronic, which I have also talked about on the show, which is kind of more like sci-fi. It's not really sci-fi horror. It's a straight horror movie, but it's it's really fun. I, I wouldn't put it in my top 10 even if I were making a top 10, but uh, it was a really good time to watch. And if you guys haven't seen it, I believe that it's for free on Amazon Prime now. All right, cool. Um, now we can get so, to the nitty gritty. So I will. I'll start real quick because I don't think either of you have seen either of the two that were my two favorite horror. Fil- well, no, Scott, you did see one of them. Um, one barely counts as a horror movie. It's technically a TV show. I know. Fuck it. I don't care. It has 100 uh, yeah. percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Into the Dark Culture Shock was one of the best horror films I've seen in a really long time. Uh, I got to interview Gigi when I was at Fantastic Fest, and it. It really is just, it's such a unique, Brian, you need to see it. It's such a John Waters horror type movie, uh, the way in it's presented, but it's just a great, great movie. And I know that like Into the Dark is definitely hit or miss. But I, Dude, that's yeah, not, I, Into the Dark is not hit or miss. I was yeah. dedicated to watching every End of the Dark. And after like five movies, I'm like, I'm done doing this to myself. <laughs> yeah. Make an exception and watch Culture yeah, Shock. Yeah, Culture Shock is, is, is really, really good. Like Culture Shock, it's almost upsetting that it wasn't just released in theaters as a movie because I think it's something that more people need to see. Um, and then the other big one, uh, which is also a super polarizing movie, debatable if it's even a horror movie, but the fucking Lighthouse. Yeah, I, I didn't get yep. a chance to see it. Number four oh, on my so top good. five of the year. It's so good. It's so funny. It's so weird. It's so interesting. It's it's in my top ten of the year. It was number nine for the entire year for me, but it's the only horror movie that cra- cracked the top ten. Uh, all right, so Scott and Brian, what are on your top lists? I mean, you kind of went, you kind of named everything that is horror on my list. Sorry, we do it. Did we, did we talk about us yet? It's a, well, you said we were gonna just like lightly touch. Well, I mean, on, like I, good, I don't mean talk about movie. it. I just meant like, is that high up for you guys? No, not at all. No, it was like forty-eight on my entire year. I think. Yeah, Jesus it was top Christ, fifty. Dude. Jesus. Yeah. How do you have a top fifty? <laughs> this is his hobby, but dude. It, don't don't judge. Okay. It's it's like I said, us is one of those movies that I like it. I don't love it, but like I will revisit it. But I but like I also won't revisit it that much. Like it's just kind of it's there. It's not one that like years from now I'm going to be like, oh, man, us. That was that was the one. You know, what I mean, like this year had a lot of good horror movies. But even with as much as I loved Lighthouse, like there wasn't a horror movie to me that really like two years ago when it chapter one came out, like that was like the, like that is the mood, the horror movie of 2017. There just wasn't anything that left such a giant imprint on me where I was like, Nope, this is without it. Like there's so many movies that over time I could see them shifting in and out of like, what is the big one for me? But yeah, that's a a very good year, but like not like a blown away year. That's so crazy. You guys are crazy. Like, all three of us watched the hole in the ground, right? Yeah, no, that was really oh, good. No, that's I not didn't. my. T- I didn't. That's not my top five, but that's that was my really number good. one. It's really wow. number one. It is. It has everything I needed from a horror movie, um, and it was awesome pacing. The the actual like, so I really like folklore, and having it be a changeling story. I mean, that's not it's not a a spoiler to say it's a changeling story because it's literally a changeling story, but the presentation of it, the acting, the, the, the visuals, the end, I'm just, 
that was that was the best movie of 2019 for me. Although I didn't see The Lighthouse, but that's that's my favorite. Well, my favorite horror movie of 2019. I don't even I didn't even look at what I've seen that's non-horror. Yeah, Hole in the Ground is really good. Um, I'm just gonna go through my top five. Fuck it, breaking the rules. Number five, Irishman. Number four, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile. Number three, The Lighthouse. Number two, Midsummer. Number one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. All All for the Um, end. The end is worth everything leading up to it. All right, fair enough. I think my top five, uh, and obviously there's a bunch that are, we're recording this in early December. There's a bunch coming out at the end of December that could shift this around. Uh But uh, right now it's number five, Knives Out for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number four? What the fuck was my number four? I I blanked out on number four, so it must not have been that good. Um, (laughs) Oh, sorry. Number four, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Number three was uh, The Peanut Butter Falcon. Number two was Book Smart. And number one for me was Jojo Rabbit. Okay. Still haven't seen Jojo. I refuse. Um, But yeah, it was... uh, it was there was a lot. I I just think that there was a lot of really good comedies and like dramedies that came out this year. I think they just kind of dominate it mm-hmm. for me this year. Uh, and Knives Out, uh, just throwing this out there. If you're a fan of Clue, you should see Knives Out. It's just a modern day Clue. It's a blast. Yeah. Um, you know, Brian but, mentioned the uh, shockingly vile, um, whatever uh, the, mm-hmm. the Ted Bundy. Yeah. Um, man, so fucking good. I even uh, Megan hates it, but every maybe two months. Um, I'll just turn to her and be like, never you. Yeah. And she hates it. She hates it. Dude, she, a it lot gives of her shivers every it. No no no. She no, oh, we liked oh. the movie. She hates it when I say that because it's very disturbing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I get what you're saying. You know, she doesn't like him saying it, Brian, because it's fucking weird. <laughs> it's fucking yeah. disturbing. Uh, you know what would be a great double feature? Shockingly evil. What is it? That whatever, the Ted Bundy. Yeah, Ted Bundy uh, uh Pretty Boy Bundy, and then you watch Black Christmas. <laughs> oh, my God. So that was 2019. We're going to be back in like two days with an episode that Brian is just really fucking so upset. But hopefully it's not <laughs> as bad as I think it's going to be. But I, I have a feeling it's going to be as bad as I think it's going to be. Uh, so thanks, guys, again, for just hanging out with us all this year, just making it a great year for the podcast. Uh, and as I said before, rate and review, subscribe. We'll read your reviews on the air if you give us a five-star review. And thank you so much for everyone who donates at our Patreon, patreon.com backslash HMN podcast. And for just checking out all the crazy shit we do on social media, it's HMN podcast on all of our social media platforms. And the website is HMNpodcast.com. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 